Super Talk Mississippi media production. Find your new ride at Kia McCombs all-new location at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Come find out why McComb loves Kia McComb at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Right on the corner, right on the price. Guys, first of all, welcome in. Glad to see you. I don't mean to impress you guys, but did you? Uh, did, I, I know you know this, but did you really know that we've got two weeks left in the college football season? Regular season. We've got two weeks left in the college football season. Just two. Almost is playing Vanderbilt this weekend. State's playing Tennessee State. And then it's the Egg Bowl. And then it's over. Just two weeks left. At least uh, we've got bowl games coming around here as well. Possibly some really good Bowl games coming as well, depending on how the Egg Bowl shakes out. Welcome in. Hi, I'm Michael Borky. I'm glad to see you. Two things for you this morning. First of all, I have seen some, I don't know if rhetoric is the right word or not, but I'm going to call it rhetoric because that kind of sounds negative. I've seen some rhetoric lately about this job being better than this job and why, and the reason is so bad. In this line of thinking, I've got to talk about because it really doesn't make any sense at all to me and probably won't to you either. So we'll talk about that. What is the best available job in college football? Some people are apparently having a really hard time with this and they shouldn't be. So we'll get to that. And then the playoff rankings, those were released last night. I don't have that much of a problem with them. I have a problem with the rationale yet again within the top 10. Forget what Danny Cannell's claiming, clay, uh, crying about, I should say, where Mississippi State is ranked, but Clemson is not. And, I mean, if you watch the teams play, my God. I mean, come on, Danny. I know you're supposed to you know, be a heel for the ACC or whatever the wrestling term is. I don't watch wrestling, but whatever it is, I know you're supposed to be that and think the SEC is evil or whatever, but come on, man. Uh, come on. If you compare the resumes... Mississippi State is better than Clemson at basically everything. Uh, Their wins are better. Yes, they have a worse loss, but they have a mutual opponent in which State beat NC State. Clemson could not. I mean, what what are we doing here? So I'm not. That's not what I'm talking about. It's not the number twenty five that bothers me. It's two teams in the top ten that I'm really uh, frustrated with. Honestly, Uh, the rationale for Oregon, Ohio State, and Michigan, Michigan State are completely separate. They're completely different. It's hypocritical, and yet here we are, and these are the people that are deciding who gets to play for a championship in the sport we all love the most. So we'll get to that this morning. Good morning, Chase and Wayne. Glad to see you guys. If you want to be like them and you're watching on Twitter, you cannot. So hop on over to YouTube. Find me on YouTube. Michael Borky is all you have to search. Very clever YouTube name. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And uh, if you like what you hear, actually like the video, that would help me a lot. Also follow on Twitter and Facebook and Mike in the morning or my name, wherever you get your podcasts. But here's the thing that I've seen a lot of lately. So Virginia Tech came open. Virginia Tech came open yesterday. We talked about that some and 
There are some people that are talking about Shane Beamer, the head coach at South Carolina, about to finish his first season there, being a candidate for Virginia Tech. And Beamer gave a pretty good denial yesterday. It certainly wasn't Lincoln Riley's. You guys know how I feel about it here. It was, uh, he said, this is my dream job, and I'm not just saying that for recruiting mail and a billboard. I didn't call it home, and we don't have home written on my stadium uh, for marketing. We have it because that's what I believe this place to be. This is home. He did that. It, it was a really good answer. And no, he didn't straight up just say no, but he gave a more thoughtful answer than that of Lincoln Riley anyway. And so that's out there. And then, of course, you had the comparisons being drawn between LSU and Southern Cal. What I've seen a lot of in both of these situations, though, is people say the phrase, it is easier to win at this place. So I've seen a lot of. Um, one of the, the people that do stuff on Clay Travis's live streams, it's hard to keep up. I don't really know you know who these guys are at this point. They don't know who I am either, so it's not an insult. I just I don't really quite know what the 360 is. But somebody on OutKicks 360 said, Southern Cal is the better job because it's the quickest and easiest route to a, a perpetual college football playoff spot. That is what he said. And I saw a lot of that with Virginia Tech and South Carolina. Well, Virginia Tech's a better job than South Carolina because it's easier to win there. Okay. If USC is a easier path to a perpetual playoff spot, why, why aren't they going? If it's easier to win at USC, why haven't they won anything of value since 2004? Since then, LSU has won two national championships. Those teams were coached by Les Miles and Ed Orgeron. Ed Orgeron and Les Miles were the two coaches of national championship teams at LSU since USC last won something of value. And the same thing applies to Virginia Tech. If it's so much easier to win at Virginia Tech, why did Frank Beamer struggle to do it at the end of his tenure? And why did a guy who was just cruising at Memphis go there and not win anything of value? If it's so much easier at these jobs, why doesn't anybody win at them? If it's so much easier to win at Southern Cal as opposed to LSU, why hasn't that happened? Since 2004, USC's last championship, LSU has won two of them, one of which is widely considered to be the greatest college football team of all time. What are we talking about? What are you talking about when you say that the path to the playoff and championships is easier at a place like USC? If that's the case, why don't they do it? If that is the case, why don't they do it? Maybe it's not easier to do because, again, Ed Orgeron won a national championship two years ago at LSU while Nick Saban is in the SEC, mind you. While Kirby Smart is in the SEC, mind you. Dabo Sweeney and Clemson is rolling. It's harder to coach, supposed to be harder to coach, east of the Mississippi River. Well, I guess Baton Rouge is 
west of it. You get my point. It's supposed to be harder to do. All of the quality coaches are on this side of the country, and yet Ed or Geron, Ed or Geron, remember who I'm talking about when I say that name, orchestrated the greatest college football season of all time. And you're telling me it's easier to win at Southern Cal when Ed Orgeron and Les Miles were able to do it at LSU. We, we say things like that. We just kind of just throw them out there. Oh, Virginia Tech's a better job because it's easier to win. How is it easier to win at Virginia Tech? In what way is it easier to win there? If that is the case, why have they not done it? Why haven't they done it? If it's easier to win at Virginia Tech, why haven't they done it? Because maybe, just maybe, it's not. I, I don't know. Just, just throwing that out there. Maybe it's not. Why hasn't USC done it since 2004? When the guys they're currently recruiting maybe were born. At best, they weren't walking yet. And since then, LSU has two. And you're telling me it's easier to win there as opposed to LSU? Help that make sense other than that's just a talking point that people throw out there. Help that make sense to me. It's easier to win at USC. Yet Ed Orgeron orchestrated the greatest season in college football history. That, guys, what Ed Orgeron did is because of where he was, not because of who he was. And some people, some people tried to say that back in 2019. And no, we... We had books written about how, oh, he's a changed man. And we had people oh, that covered him at Ole Miss that even, oh, he's complete. He's a changed man. He's so different. That's that's why he's winning. It's He's a changed man. And in reality, he just happened to be coaching at LSU. Hadn't changed a bit. Where does this stuff come from? And especially when the playoff expands, by the way, if I mean, I guess that gives places like Virginia Tech more access too. but the playoff expansion is going to only continue to help the SEC, by the way. It'll make it even easier uh, to make the playoff for SEC teams because there are more of them that are perpetually ranked, which gives you a perpetual opportunity to make the playoff. Chase says, I haven't been able to search the exact amount, but I have a feeling that State has beat more ranked teams than half the top 25. I think they I think they have more than anybody. I think. I could be wrong. Let's see. Uh, so State has beaten uh, number 21, number 20, number 16, and Auburn fell out. So they have three. Um, Georgia has a win over Arkansas. Is that their only one? I think that's their only one. Oregon has that win over Ohio State. They play Utah this weekend. Alabama has a win. No, they lost a 16. They have a win over 12 and 25. Yeah, no, State still, State still is, they have the most. They have the most. Fireman says freeze to Virginia Tech. Yeah, that feels like a decent enough fit. Um, he's 
the the problem with him is he's got to figure some things out. Virginia Tech isn't as high pressure of a job as like that of LSU. We have people on our text line, guys, still, even after uh, the Liberty game, every single day, Freeze would be great at LSU. Yeah, for a year or two, and the pressure would lead to problems. Those kind of things haven't gone away yet. They're just hidden because they're at they're at Liberty, where they, there is no media presence. There is no scrutiny at a place like that. Um, Virginia Tech would have have a lot of digging they would have to do, and I don't think they would like what they found. Like South Carolina last year. That was a very quick no, 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 no. Money aside, LSU is not the best job available. Sid continues, LSU is not the best. If you look at the future and not the past, next coach will inherit too much garbage to clean up. But what exactly is that? What is that garbage that they're going to have to clean up? A Title IX investigation will not affect the football program. It's a sign of institutional issues, but the NCAA has already established their precedent that they will not punish for a Title IX investigation, and they've already self-imposed a bull ban. That's, that's happened. Uh, I am not expecting them to get hammered, but even if they do, you're telling me that it's going to decimate them for 10-plus years or whatever? Ohio State had to fire a coach, suffered postseason ban, had scholarship losses, all that, and they it didn't affect them at all. It didn't affect them at all. LSU is the kind of program, like Ohio State or Alabama, that the NCAA will have to give you basically the death penalty. I mean, 15 scholarships a year in reduction, something like that, in order for, for it to go down this way. And maybe that does happen. But it's still the kind of place where even Ed Orgeron, again, even Ed Orgeron can win championships. You don't have to leave the state. And, and players don't really leave your state. Some of them do, but not really. To field a roster that is competitive nationally. It, it's got the money. It's got the facilities. It's got the fan support, the home environment, the recruiting base. It's got everything, even if the NCAA reduces some scholarships and adds another year to their postseason ban, even if that happens, it does not at all change their future. It makes hiring right now with some extra questions, but it doesn't change their future. Not in comparison to USC, where they're in a conference that nobody cares about. They're... Their prestige is getting less and less annually. They're not as financially committed. They're definitely, in terms of recruiting, like doing what is necessary, not as committed as they are in the SEC. There's a reason they haven't won since 04. And it's not just because they're not making good hires. It's a more difficult job than people give it credit for. Yeah, it just, I mean, you could... I think they should get the hammer from the NCAA. I don't believe that they will, though. I, I mean, a, until they prove that they have that kind of of a bite to their bark, I'm not going to believe that anything like that's going to go down, you know? I, forgive me for being cynical. I just... I, until they actually do it to someone, I don't think they're going to do it to anyone, you know? I mean, their last big hammer they brought down was at USC a long time ago now. Since then, they have caught a school giving fake classes to players and gave them nothing. I mean, since then, Will Wade is still the coach, the freaking coach at uh, at LSU right now. We'll see. I, I just I'm not as convinced that 
a place like LSU is uh, is, is capable of getting decimated by the NCAA for years to come. I just I don't see that being the case. On top of the fact that they are in the expanding SEC, which has more money, resources, attention, and fame than it's ever had, and that will only continue uh, compared to the Pac-12, which is so, so, so far down right now and continues to fall. If Oregon loses to Utah this weekend, then the Pac-12 will be left out of the playoff again. They've only made it one time, and it was in 14, and they lost. I mean, that That is as bad of a league as you get in the Power Five. There is nothing redeeming about coaching in the league, and the argument that it's easier to make the playoff there, I think, is is at least wrong when you look at what they've done, which is nothing since 04. Memphis Rebels, stop reading Mississippi State message boards. That's that's what I would tell you. I've heard there's a rumor of Kiffin desperately wanting out of Oxford, they ask. If so, how much validity is in it? Um, none. None. Uh, is he loyal to Ole Miss? No. Would he take a better job if offered? Sure. Yeah, like I think he would take the LSU job if offered. But the idea that he's desperately wanting out of Oxford is is what people say that that's the rumor that goes around, which is just not true. Uh, when you've got fans of other teams that think that you have a good coach like that, that none of that comes at all from Oxford. None of that. It is all state fans or media, which you can also refer to as fans. And the same thing applies mostly on the other side too, but you get my point. There, There is nothing that is permeating about that that is accurate. Uh, but you got to remember, he's not loyal to Ole Miss. He will take a better job if offered, I believe. But that doesn't mean you're desperately wanting to get out. Desperately wanting to get out would have had him go to Auburn last year. That's desperately wanting to get out. Um, no, I, I, I don't pay any attention to that kind of stuff really. Um, it's just goofy, you know, that's, that's message board stuff. That's all that is. That's not rooted in any kind of reality. You can like where you are and not be loyal to where you are at the same time. Um, cause otherwise it, what people need to understand too, is the folks that say stuff like that. But let's be real. Would they have any real sourcing close to Lane Kiffin that knows about how he thinks about where he is? Ask yourself that. Would the people that spread that kind of stuff, would they know? Would they really know? Do they have sourcing close to Lane Kiffin, somebody who famously doesn't talk to anybody, really, has an inner circle that is tight, that is really tight, and also has Jimmy Sexton as an agent who who does Jimmy things, but... Nobody, nobody has sourcing close to Lane Kiffin. His circle is tight. It's just not. It's message board nonsense, and I can't believe I've spent this much time on it. So, no, don't worry about it. Is he loyal to you? No, of course not. It's a job to him and most of these guys. Very few coaches are actually loyal to their current school. Is he desperately scratching and clawing to leave? Please, please, please get me out. Also, uh, no, absolutely not. You could say that. I mean, 
think of your job, whatever job it is. Probably happy where you are, but if a better offer with more money came calling, you'd probably go because at the end of the day, it is just a job. You can be happy where you are, enjoy where you are, and still, if a better offer comes, you take it and say thank you so much and and leave. I mean, that's that's how you should look at this. Football coaches, that it is their job. The school is their employer. So don't expect loyalty from these people because uh, they they know that they're not going to get it from most of you either. If they start losing games, they're going to get their ass fired. That's how it goes. Um, anyway, there are very few coaches that are loyal to their school. Scott Frost, for example, Jim Harbaugh, both of them took pay cuts, buyout cuts to stay at their school. You're not going to see, you don't see that very often. That's why everybody talking about how much, oh, I love it here and I never leave here. That's why nobody buys it because we know that if there's a better situation presenting itself to you, you are going to take it. Brett Bielema at Wisconsin. Arkansas is a better job than Wisconsin. He jumped because he's not loyal to Wisconsin, but I'm sure he loved it there. Madison's a pretty cool place, too. Anyway. Mark says, I don't understand why Virginia Tech fired Fuente. Dumb move. One went away from bowling again and currently has a top 25 recruiting class for 2020. Makes no sense because you've got these middle programs that, ooh, here's a hot take. It's not hot at all. What am I talking about? You've got these middle programs like Virginia Tech that expect to win for championships, but don't do what it takes to win championships. And when it doesn't happen, they're frustrated and mad. But here's the thing. you In its current form, you cannot win championships at Virginia Tech. Why? Because you can't get the players there. Why? Because they're not doing Read between the lines. They're not doing what it takes to get the best players in college football to go to Virginia Tech. And the idea that, oh, the, you just hire a great developer of talent and you can win championships is a fallacy. It's impossible. The, the Matt Campbell story that we talked about right here, um, going into the season that Bruce Feldman wrote about how he doesn't recruit high-level classes, but he's a great Great talent developer, and that's going to win him a championship at Iowa State. Hell no, it's not. It is not because there is a ceiling on this developed talent, especially when you're not getting any elite-level players that are currently elite that you don't have to make elite. There's a reason that Iowa State's at a ceiling with a great coach, and if he jumped to LSU, which people are talking about that, there's rumors out there that there's mutual interest, he will win more. Why? Because he can get better players. So places like Virginia Tech expect to win these championships, but don't do what it takes to get the best players on their campus. They just have this belief about talent development, and it never comes true. Dan Mullen is a fantastic developer of talent. He could not get elite-level talent at Mississippi State, which is why he was at a ceiling. There was a ceiling for Dan Mullen at State because talent development only gets you so far, and it can get you really far. And state fans were satisfied with the program under Mullen, unlike Virginia Tech. Very satisfied with what was happening with your program. You were winning games. You were being ranked. You had special season mixed in there. Players in the NFL beating the rival, all that. But there's a ceiling when you can't bring in the best players in college football. And uh, apparently places like that can't, uh, can't figure that out. Brett says, accurate is the best open job, hands down. Oh, the zips. Yeah, well, we'll see what they do there. 
Miles says, call me crazy, but TCU seems like the best available. You are on the best recruiting ground with a flush booster fan base in a top 10 city and without unrealistic expectations. In terms of quality of life, I, I'm on board with that. Quality of life? TCU, I, I can hear that argument, make that argument that it's the best available job. But it's, in terms of winning championships, uh, of course, th- that is not the case. But yeah, like in terms of enjoying yourself and being successful and, and living a good life, I could see that. I mean, Dallas-Fort Worth is a great place to live. It really is. Nice facilities there, too, albeit small. But anyway. Fireman says the only thing the Pac-12 has left is the Rose Bowl. And for some reason, we're letting the Rose Bowl keep us down, for sure, in terms of playoff expansion. Brown Yeti says LSU is the best open job. Baton Rouge could be on fire, and as long as a national brand, they will still be title contenders. That's just kind of how it is. Um, Am I talking about Haydad? No, although he probably thinks that. Now, there, there are... That's how this discourse works. I mean, you guys know this. I, I fight a losing battle when it comes to rationality in, in Egg Bowl land. I made a joke yesterday about it. I mean, you've got you've got this debate going on in the state right now about who the better quarterback is, who's the best quarterback in the state. And naturally, state fans think it's Will Rogers, and Ole Miss fans think it's Matt Corral, and they will just argue, 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 argue. And nobody's going to change their mind because you have loyalty to the guy that wears your colors. Uh, just kind of how this discourse goes. You, you can't bring ration. Or, there's not many people trying to bring rationality in, in egg bowl discussions. There really aren't many people doing that. But that's how it should be, right? It's, it's a rivalry game. There's no such thing as rationality and fanhood in a rivalry game, right? Mark says uh, Kiffin and Leach will be around a long time for the battle for the golden egg. Uh, I think Mike Leach will retire at Mississippi State. I think this is his last coaching stop uh, for whatever that's worth. I think whether or not, I mean, just I don't think this is going to happen, but let's just say like they they win two games next year and three games the year after that. I think they will fire him and he will be done or he will get to coach at State forever. I think this is his final stop. I have no reason to think that other than just career trajectory, age, stuff like that. Uh, I don't think uh, like a job like Alabama when it comes open would come calling for Mike Leach. And the same thing I say about Ole Miss with Kiffin applies to state as well. I mean, how many jobs, when you really look at the, the landscape of college football, how many jobs are that of Mississippi State or any of the jobs in the SEC West? I've said this to you before. I think every job in the SEC, all of them, including Kentucky, with the exception of Missouri and Vanderbilt, are top 35 jobs in college football, especially now with playoff expansion and Texas and Oklahoma joining the league. Every SEC job besides Vanderbilt and Missouri, to me, are top 35 jobs in college football. There's a financial commitment. There's an ability to get players. uh, there's, There's a fan commitment that you really don't get in many places other than that. I mean, in the ACC, Clemson, Florida State, Miami would, would, although Miami's not financially committed the way they used to be. I think Miami's way down. Um, Miami wouldn't even be a top 10 job in the SEC. They wouldn't. Um, But those are the ones in the ACC. In the Big Ten, it's Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan. 
I don't think Michigan's a great job. Wisconsin's a pretty good job can be in that mix, you know. Um, in the Big 12, it's Texas and Oklahoma, but here they come. In the Pac-12, it's USC, Oregon, you know, Washington maybe in, in the mix there, but just in the mix. So how many programs did I just name? Not many, right? You've got a financial commitment, ability to get players. The pressure, of course, is much higher. Of course it is. But I think you can make that argument. The the amount of jobs that these coaches in the SEC could leave for is is a small list. Uh, So I think Leach will outlast Kiffin, personally. But I don't think it's as simple as some some people do. And there has to be mutual interest as well. You know, maybe LSU does come calling for Lane Kiffin, and if that's the case, I think he probably would go. NCAA stuff included, even though he's got experience with that at USC, where when you take a job and then the NCAA hammers you from the previous staff, it got him fired. I mean, after three years, got him fired. So, you know, maybe that gives him pause. I don't know. But doesn't sound like he's up there right now anyway. Memphis Rebel earlier on the uh, question about Kiffin replied, I was thinking that he's not dumb enough to let that out without wanting it to evolve into leverage. And the thing is, it's I desperately want out is not a leverage play either. It's just, hey, this school is offering me counter. So, no, that's that's just message board stuff. That's all that is. That's simply all that is. Brown Yeti says Kiffin would be at Ole Miss until Alabama opens up. It's going to take a national power for him to leave the SEC. Exactly. And how many of them are there? That, that's exactly my point. And, and the same thing applies to Leach, although, again, I think he's going to be – I think Mississippi State is Mike Leach's last job. That's what I think. Uh, so it, it, this conversation doesn't apply to State, really, because I think that Leach is going to retire as the head coach at Mississippi State, personally. Um but yeah, and so how many of them are there? Right now, you've got two that are open. One, though, he's got history with, and so that won't happen, um, in LSU. And if you believe Brody Miller's reporting, which you have no reason not to, he's not even mentioned. I mean, they named five coaches in the athletics report yesterday. His name wasn't even mentioned in there. Not even like a, hey, also, you know, keep an eye out. It's not even a thought. That doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It doesn't mean maybe, you know, Scott Woodward's pulling some strings, and but so when that one gets filled, how many big-time national jobs are out there that will be open soon? Florida, possibly. Miami, but that would only be like an emotion thing because the job that Miami is is not the job it used to be anymore. And they've got to f- financially commit, which I don't think they will, to the $7 million level that I think Ole Miss is prepared to if somebody comes. So what other major national jobs are going to come open soon possibly ucla but but i think kelly's going to get another year so so what else that's why i've been hesitant to talk about the leaving thing because there has to be mutual interest and there has to be that job as well but who knows i mean in two weeks it could happen we'll see i'm not saying it won't happen it's not what i'm saying it's just not going to be as easy as people think but that's what they do. Brown Yeti on the quarterback debate says, talent, Matt Corral, who's playing better, Will Rogers. I think he's playing better. That's fair. That's absolutely fair. Because 
where I stand on it for what it's worth, and luckily the guys and girls that listen to this are um, – you guys are level-headed. You guys understand where I'm coming from. Absolutely talent. Matt Crowell is the more talented quarterback. That, that is, that is un, completely undebatable. Completely and totally undebatable. It is not a debate. Which one has more raw talent, more talent? It is absolutely 150%. It is not debatable at all. It is Corral. But playing better at the moment? Yeah, absolutely. It's Will Rogers. And people do the system stuff. And I understand, look, Mike Leach's system is quarterback friendly. It is. But man, when you lead a 40-point comeback, or not a 40-point comeback. When you lead your offense to 40 consecutive unanswered points on the road at Auburn, a week after you operated the four-minute and the two-minute as good as you could see a quarterback do it, a week after he threw three incomplete passes in a game. And true, he also does have a healthy receiver core. That, that has hurt Corral, definitely. But I think that's all fair to say. It's absolutely fair to say. Fireman's asking who wins the Connerly Trophy. I think the winner of the Egg Bowl will win it. Unless they get cute and give it to somebody from one of the lower level schools. It's it's the winner of the Egg Bowl. Whoever wins the Egg Bowl, their quarterback will win the Connerly, I think. I think that's how that's going to go down. So, two trophies on the line in the Egg Bowl. Two of them. All right, let's look at these playoff rankings real quick. I, I just, I'm not going to run through them like I did last week. The numbers show you guys weren't as interested uh, in the last couple of playoff rankings that I did. So here you go. Here is this week. I have two complaints. First of all, State back in at number 25. In the SEC, you have Arkansas at 21. By the way, Utah at 23. They're hosting Oregon this weekend. Big game. Big game there. Uh, elsewhere in the SEC, A&M is at 16. You got Oklahoma at 13. Ole Miss moved up to 12. Uh, you got Baylor 11, Wake Forest 10, which, you know, I stand for Wake Forest, but come on, guys. Oklahoma State at 9, setting up a really intriguing Bedlam game. Notre Dame at 8. Michigan State 7, Michigan 6, Cincinnati 5, Ohio State 4, Oregon 3, Alabama 2, and Georgia at number 1. So... I've got a couple of thoughts on this. First of all, listening to the rationale for why Michigan is ranked ahead of Michigan State makes sense to me. I, I get it. Like, I, I understand. I get it. Why you have Michigan ranked ahead of Michigan State. Gary Barta, the committee chair's reasoning was statistically and by the metrics, Michigan is better than Michigan State at basically everything. But as you know, what, 17 days ago, whatever it is, uh, Michigan State beat Michigan on the field when they played each other. And to me, head-to-head has to matter. But apparently, according to this committee, it does not in this case because he keeps saying that Michigan is the more complete team. They're the more complete team. The metrics say they're the more complete team. Okay, if that's going to be your rationale, why is Oregon then ahead of Ohio State? Oregon won their head-to-head matchup. But metrics, statistics, Ohio State is a significantly better football team than Oregon, according to the metrics, according to the statistics. Ohio State is more complete than that of Oregon. 
they played each other. Oregon beat Ohio State. Oregon has a significantly worse loss than Ohio State does to that really bad Stanford team. But when you look at the statistics and the metrics, Ohio State's better than Oregon. So why is it that Michigan, the more complete team, according to the numbers, is ahead of Michigan State who beat them? But Ohio State, who's the more complete team, according to the numbers, is behind Oregon who beat them. We've got two different rationales completely opposite of each other. It's hypocritical, honestly, to rank them the way they have in this poll. And that's what bugs me, is we're we're picking and choosing our criteria to rank these teams based on how we feel. It's a feel. This isn't a metric thing. If Michigan, Michigan State is all about the metrics, then Oregon, Ohio State's all about feel. Because the metrics say Ohio State is better than Oregon. This is what bugs me about this process. This is the inconsistency. Three and four and six and seven are picked by completely opposite ideas and rationales. This I, I complain about this every week because it's it's real. And there's always another example every single week that this is the case. Every week, there is an inconsistency. Michigan's ahead of Michigan State because of metrics. The metrics say Ohio State's better than Oregon, but they're behind them. The inconsistency bugs me to death. Luckily, a lot of this will sort itself out. Let's see uh, more of your comments first, and I'll give you my final thought, and then we'll get out of here. Brian Eddy says, and you have to understate that once Oklahoma and Texas join the SEC, you'll be out of the West and therefore easier to make a championship game. Memphis Rebel says, I wish the Egg Bowl was this week. It basically is. <laughs> it basically is. I mean, come on. With all due respect to Vanderbilt and Tennessee State, it basically is. Fireman says, Oklahoma and Texas joining just helps Mississippi State and Ole Miss, if you ask me, at making playoff spots when it goes to 12. Absolutely. Absolutely it does. It helps, especially if they go to the pod system. But the 12-team playoff, absolutely, 150%, undeniably, you cannot argue otherwise because it will not make sense, helps Ole Miss and Mississippi State tremendously. There is not a counter-argument that makes sense to me. It absolutely helps the schools in this state, without a doubt. Can Ole Miss move up after uh, the win in Nashville? Well, the game's in Oxford. I hope you're not planning a, a trip to, to Nashville. The, game, the game's at Oxford this weekend. But yeah, and here's why. So Wake Forest has, uh, who do they have this weekend? i got to pull up the schedule now. I think Wake Forest has a difficult game. I know that Michigan State, who's not at number seven, plays Ohio State this weekend, and they're 20-point underdogs, depending on where you look. Um, so Michigan State could drop out. I know Oklahoma State has a difficult game. Uh, this weekend, sort of, anyway. All right, I finally got the the numbers up here. So, yeah, Michigan State plays Ohio State this weekend. That can drop them to their second loss. And uh, Michigan State with two losses could possibly come behind Ole Miss. Uh, Wake Forest has to go to Clemson. If they lose that game, they will drop uh, behind Ole Miss for sure. Oklahoma is already behind them. Um Notre Dame has to play Georgia Tech. Nah, that's not going to mean anything. Cincinnati's playing SMU this weekend. If they lose that game, I could see them dropping below Ole Miss. Probably not, but I could see that. 
Michigan has to go to Maryland. If they lose that game as 15-point favorites, they will drop below Ole Miss. I don't think that's going to happen, but they would. Um, Baylor, ahead of Ole Miss, has to go to Kansas State, who's 7-3. and three. So, again, you're not moving up based on your, your win, but you can move up based on losses. Oregon has to go to Utah. That's probably still not going to drop them below Ole Miss if they lose that game. Oklahoma State's at Texas Tech. They're just 10-point favorites, so if they lose that game, they could. That's really uh, that's really it. But it, it could happen. They just they need help because they're not going to move up on their own. Sid says, by the metrics, Michigan State scored more points than Michigan. That's the only metric that should count. Yes. Yes, it should. They played each other. We have a sample of them playing football against each other. Why does that not, that not carry the most weight? I, I don't understand it. I, I'm fine with Oregon being ahead of Ohio State, by the way. I think that's an appropriate ranking. They got that one right. Oregon played Ohio State and beat them. They have identical records, and Oregon won the game. They're ranked ahead. It should be that simple. Ohio State's defense still is not much better. It's not much better for sure. I think if they rematch, though, Ohio State would win that game. Stroud was really struggling earlier this year, but he's he's gotten a lot better lately. And I told you guys like four weeks ago, if you were going to bet on the Heisman, C.J. Stroud, at like, he was like plus 1,600 or something at the time. I told you that. And um, I think he might win it anyway. Cody says, Egg Bowl predictions, pain. A lot of pain, one way or the other. No, I'll, I'll make a pick at, at some time next week, I think. Uh, I've got to see how these games shake out. And we'll see how healthy Ole Miss is. Um, and, and State, of course. But I, I'll do that next week. I'll do that next week. I do lean home team, though, right now. Oregon's win over Ohio State was way more dominating than Michigan State's. It was a seven-point game. Then Right? No, it wasn't. What was that score? What was that score? I thought it was closer than that. Yeah, it was a seven-point game. Anyway, uh, then Michigan State's win over Michigan. Buckeyes never had the lead against the Ducks, where Michigan versus Michigan State was back and forth. Right, but who won? Yeah, Wake Forest has Clemson. That I hope Clemson loses that game, but that'll that'll be tough for the Deeks. In Boston College next week, which won't be all that easy for them either. Memphis Rebels asking, what if Oregon, Oklahoma, Alabama loses again before the conference championship? How does that shake up the college football playoff? Well, Oregon will not make it at that point. Uh, Notre Dame could slip in. Oklahoma would be out at that point. So what would happen if Oregon lost and Alabama lost, you could still see a two-loss Alabama making it. But I think they would lose to Georgia, and if that's the case anyway. Uh, but don't count out Notre Dame. Don't count out Oklahoma State. And Ohio State in that scenario would slip in as well. Notre Dame's kind of a wild card here. I mean, if if you have a situation where Ohio State beats Michigan State and then Michigan beats Ohio State and Oregon loses to Utah, in steps Notre Dame, possibly. Maybe in Cincinnati's still there, of course. They haven't looked impressive, though. Williams says, the only ones that matter are the top four. The rest of the rankings are the way it is to get people like us to talk about it. Sort of. Uh, yeah, I guess. 
But like the top 10 or so still matter with two weeks left to play and, and where they are. I mean, I guess they could change their mind. What bugs me is not where they're ranked. It's why they're ranked where they are. The rationale uh, is frustrating. It's frustrating to me because it's different based on how they feel. It's like confirmation bias, you know? The FPI has Ole Miss at 50, 50.7% and stayed at 49.3%. So it's a coin toss right now. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah, it, it, if Ole Miss is able to get to Starkville healthy, if Mingo, who is going to play, if everything goes well, and Sanders and Drummond and the offensive line continue to, to get healthier and, and play the way they have, then that game is going to be insane. I can't wait. I really can't wait. So, anyway. I went long this morning. I hope that's okay with you guys. Try to cap these at about a half hour, but I hope you don't mind. Anyway, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe. Michael Borky on YouTube. Subscribe there. And uh, actually like the videos. Again, that would help me a lot. And I'll talk to you guys again tomorrow morning. Talk Mississippi Media Production.